0: Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and this week Sports Illustrated released an article on the top 101 wrestlers of all time. If you haven't read it, I'll sum it up. Number 100, Frank Gotch. Number 93, Lita. And no, Lita, it doesn't matter that 100 is 10 times 10.
1: I'm Carl Jones, and the last time I can report anyone going against the grain for two hours involved Bubba the Love Sponge, a hidden camera, and his wife.
2: Hi, I'm Kieran Rourke. It's come to my attention that a lot of people are jumping on the Sasha Banks bandwagon. Just remember, Sasha, I was there for you and all the women in that women's division long before you were the champion. I am staunch defender of women's rights and women's wrestling in general. I love you, Sasha. Don't forget me. And I'm G John Chase. I'm back
0: and better than ever, garden. This is the panel for the 93rd Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us talk about your against the grain opinions next. All by don't wanna be all by Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 93rd Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones.
1: Gee's back and regrettably not in
0: Pog form. Kieran O'Rourke. Shouldn't you be looking for Pokemon or something? nerdy, no, And. John Chase
3: (laughs) If you say my name three times in one podcast I will come back to haunt you
0: <laughs> and with that noted, uh, we are back this week. Of course, as you heard off the top of the show, to talk about your uh, contrarian opinions this week, going against the grain. Very interesting topic we got from Richard Fox, a powerful fox on the UK fan forum, and of course you, the loyal listeners, as always, have sent in an absolute barrage of a uh, different, uh, different takes, different opinions. When we threw this one out to you guys. Uh, we asked for uh, your opinions that are contrarian to a uh, common thought. Uh, common opinion when it comes to a match, an individual, a feud, an angle wrestling show, very open forum here so of course you've responded in kind, 21 pages of feedback, an immense amount of things to discuss and get to throughout the course of this show uh, just for a little bit of housekeeping uh, obviously for those of you who haven't heard our show before you can go to squaredcirclegazette.com and listen to every show we have ever done uh, you can uh, like us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash scgradio or subscribe to us on iTunes uh, to make sure you never miss a show going forward so with that said, Powerful Fox, since he mentioned this topic Topic. we're going to get to his nomination first and he says and again we're talking about contrarian opinions so we're going to try not to insult everybody's takes here of course but we're going to uh, kind of take in your contrarian opinions and kind of give our uh, our thoughts on them and he says I hate, hate, hated the Mike Tyson storyline of 1998 it bored me senseless granted at the time I was 10 so it might have been above my simple head but all I saw was a bloke who Vincent Mann was falling over and all he was doing was half the DX cross chops and saying cold stone uh, my brother was and still is older than me uh, so it was a little smart With the business, and so it trickled down that it was a big acquisition. Even still, it bored the life out of me. DX being chuffed to bits to pop a shirt on him and have him as one of their own. These guys are supposed to be cool as fuck, and are telling the man to suck it, and they're swooning over the smirking Belen like he's a god. This is after Austin and him had their little hoo-ha, and they pushed each other a little bit. Come on, Austin is meant to be, in his own words, the world's toughest son of a bitch, and Tyson is the proclaimed baddest man on the planet. And what do they do? They shove each other a little bit. It was shit. The best part of that particular angle solely involved Vince and Austin. Austin. telling Vince not to say a damn word or he'll punch his lights out too, and Vince yelling you ruined it damn it!" while kicking at Austin comically through the ropes. I will concede that was funny. The payoff at the end with Tyson actually having an Austin shirt on was bollocks too. Pointless. All that is left is Michael's leaving the company for a bit and Austin winning by a quick count. It wasn't Austin who ruined it, it was Tython, the fucking bell end. And uh yeah, I I, this is why I can't agree with points of the podcast, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> but there you go. Austin Tyson. I was very surprised when this one came in.
1: Oh, choose my words very carefully here. I'm going to respectfully disagree with Powerful Fox. He mentions a bit of shoving. They're separated by a whole crew of people, some of whom are admittedly picking up Tyson's money off the floor, but still, <laughs> still, there's bodies in the way. Um it was it was more sort of emblematic to me of what the company was trying to be. It's this cool You know, renegade approach. They're now they're now trying with you know, quote unquote, attitude. A big part of that notion of attitude being suspended for biting someone's ear, being a notorious figure. You know, the the D X sort of marriage there seems quite fitting to me. A couple of degenerates with someone who's seen in the boxing world as an outcast, a degenerate in that regard. So it was very much a case of you know, the blue touch paper being lit by the Tyson acquisition. It, It helped. Helped sort of you know pave the way forward for the company in the direction they wanted to go. I thought it was a, a brilliant piece of business. The fast counts something that can maybe grate on you a little bit, perhaps, but certainly not in any way to take away from the program itself. Uh, I will give him credit for the, for the reference to Vince though. I I do love Vince's kick through the ropes and his attempt at a slice or a swipe of the hand at Austin that's nowhere near. Him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought this is a good one to kick off with anyway, just because it doesn't get much more polarizing than one of the more memorable angles of all time, one of the best angles of all time, in my personal opinion. And uh, you never hear anybody really insult this angle, so I thought this was quite an interesting one to kick us off, especially uh, thematically.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting point, to be fair. I mean, obviously obviously, none of us agree uh, on this, about it, and, and, and I'm on that statement as well. I thought the angle was absolutely fantastic, but I think what, what you're kind of like getting at with this, because he's obviously, it's, it's the Titan aspect of it more so than... Um, uh, just the process of the run, so it just kind of brings up the question of just like for himself, whilst all of us obviously uh, enjoyed the fact that it was Mike Tyson uh, for someone like this chap here, obviously he did not like the use of Tyson, not necessarily he that, that know who he was? yeah he didn 't know who he was it wasn 't the fact that he was against the use of a celebrity essay or at least that 's what I was getting the gist from 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 the uh, from the email. You know, it's no different... It is actually the kind of opposite way. Like, we we hated seeing freaking... Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to presume now. We hated seeing Jay Leno freaking working in oh, WCW. Yes. And, and, and so whilst we have our reasons for, for hating that, he, for whatever reason, had his reasons for not liking Tyson. Like, these the celebrity involvements work en masse to draw people in, but aren't, like, absolutely universal. So I, I find it interesting that someone did not like Tyson enough, where if you didn't like Tyson then yeah the whole angle fucking stinks because he's, he's all over it
2: Yeah, I don't think he was anti-Tyson I think he was anti um, maybe the level of involvement just the context of it I understand what you're saying and in all honesty I understand that yeah Mike looking a little bewildered doesn't know what he's doing because Mike Tyson at the end of the day he does the crotch chop wrong he does it like above his head but you
0: are hot <laughs> boy <half week. laughs>
2: but it, yeah you know it, it, was, it was fucking Tyson the original angle was awesome the attention he got was off off the scale um, the, the, the visual the face to face with with Austin the pull part was fantastic uh, Vince obviously came into his own give Wrestlemania that steam something. Hey, did he fit with DX mm, I can see the argument against that but given what it was then it's absolutely the right thing to do um, yeah it's a little wacky that okay you join, you join Steve at the end but what the fuck is he going to do Yeah, you know you're not going to build to them two the whole two point and, was
0: the baby face yeah. ultimately it's exactly trying, you're not you know. going
2: to not, you know, not building to them two at slam well next year's Wrestlemania for fuck's sake yeah um, in terms of celebrity involvement, generally, um, I think it's pretty much a perfect involvement. To be honest, uh, he was heavily involved without being really the crux of it. He was kind of the, the semi-focal point. That point, he was for those couple of weeks. It was the tease was it was going to be Austin and Tyson. Yeah. So I mean, for those first few weeks, it was it was hot. It got hotter as then got to WrestleMania, back page of the Sun. Um, yeah, nice and nuts random non-wrestling fans asking who's going to win this match (laughs) because they care nah fantastic stuff
0: yeah Uh, his other one here is uh, Umaga Uh, for far more trivial reasons I thought he was a mid-carder at best and shouldn't have gone anywhere near the main event didn't think he was particularly good although he really played the gimmick well enough it wasn't a main event gimmick in my eyes simple with that one really but people seem massively complimentary of him now which is a bit of an interesting one there because that one's a bit more I think uh it's a little bit more questionable because I liked Umaga, but I remember having the debate with uh, Luke Edwards, uh, our fellow contributor here, Luke Edwards, uh, at the time when Umaga first came along, when I said that I thought that he was going to turn out to be better than Kane ever was as a worker, but you'll never get the same nostalgic, fun vibe that Kane has With Kane was a cool monster heel and Umaga's not a cool monster heel. And during that initial run in 06, people were kind of dreading the thought of him being involved with the world title.
1: I, I agree with the emailer in the sense of the, this idea of, of Umaga, particularly as a character, being in the, in the. Sort of the main event picture for a prolonged period never really sat well with me. A lot of the sort of the appreciation for Dumask was the fact that he got as much mileage out of the gimmick as he did, considering how how handicapping the idea of a Samoan savage could be in the year two thousand and six. I think a lot of praise comes from the fact of you know this wasn't a terrible worker by any stretch, and he you know he made the best out of what could have been a very bad situation.
3: Yeah, I liked to Marg. I was kind of like with you on this, uh, uh, Liam. That um, I, I felt the same way in terms of the potential of him as a worker. I thought he was he was really entertaining to uh, to watch, but the gimmick was the faulty part because it was it was so it was so raw ninety three, <laughs> right? In terms of it, its portrayal. I mean, the, the way he executed it was you know uh, uh, fantastic. You know, he, he gave it everything he had, but it, it, it was just like the wrong gimmick, and especially at that time as well, where they would moved away from the characters of, of the early 90s and it just kind of stuck out in the comparisons of the Batistas the Orton's the Cena's and, and so on yeah I, I, it, and I think that was the reason that he never comes across like a main event or like he should have been in the main event really outside of a brief feud with John Cena at New Year's Revolution and Royal Rumble and the i guess if you want to call it the main event of wrestlemania 23 it wasn't on the night but it was the main selling point in which he was completely Mm -hmm. overshadowed anyway by pretty much everybody that was involved that is that equates to about as much of a main event run he ever had so quite clearly the company had that exact same opinion as well
2: set up for kind of what it was i guess one one push one run and then well you kind of iced Mm. um
0: Kind of like Rusev really, uh,
2: Rusev is what I was thinking of. Um after Rusev they've just come back to the well and reading it again. <laughs> um but the point being with Rusev, at least he's kind of he has got that human element to him. The, the Vince traits go over the top wacky caricature with characters. Rather, I mean, you know, you could tweak the Umug
0: characters just a little bit, humanize them a little bit, make it less of a caricature. Um, yeah, you know, he comes walk out that first time with his hair all wild and just you know, the grass skirt and all this shit. It's like well, he finally got the dreads in pretty quick and you know he you kind of got the grill and stuff like that to be a bit more human. So yeah, yeah, I mean he just rather than being Kamala, he
2: could you can just make him slightly more real. Yeah, and keep all the badass traits. And I think, again, would it draw more? Maybe, maybe not. It'll have more longevity. They maybe kind of learnt their lesson from that because um, later on down the line with Rusev, because I don't know if any of you
3: guys remember what Rusev originally looked like when he was in uh, NXT. Oh, yeah. was a a savage? Yeah, he was like a new Marga type too, you know, with a massive gigantic brown nappy on and no (laughs) boots or knee (laughs) pads on. And then eventually, obviously, they adapted it to the much more uh, successful um,
0: version that he is now. Uh, moving on here we've got uh, a couple of random ones to get to Lockjaw on TPWW forum says I find RVD extremely terrible I will preface this by saying I never saw him in ECW I did see his entire WWE career though and it seems to me that all he ever did was coast on whatever he did in ECW to get so popular fact was he was just not that good repetitive matches some of the weakest punches ever and found his whole persona to be just so meh raises my eye when I see guys continually praise him and I'm just here going he was not good at all maybe the first two or three times I saw him he was exciting because he was new but after that he was just so lame good for him for making a career out of coasting on ECW though he says Uh, we're talking about against the grain this is an interesting one and since it Opinions on RVD are very, very polarizing. If you like, you're wrestling a certain way. Van Damme is not for you. Uh, he, you know the, the loose punches and the kind of all over the place kind of nature. Oh, the, of the, the punches
1: are the shits. They really <laughs> are. Let's be
0: honest. And the somewhat less than stellar ring psychology, uh, exhibited at times from uh, from poor Rob. At the same time, a, a wildly exciting at his best in his moments kind of individual. And I think that a lot of that goodwill did bleed over to a lot of the kind of pay by numbers phoning it in period which actually was longer than people perceive I think with Van Damme. Yeah, I mean that was a Van Dam fan, ECW was so different he was exciting, he looked past
2: the shortcomings, because about his ECW, that's the nature of ECW um, went to WWF and yeah it was exciting to see him doing his stuff again, doing his shit, getting his shit in on the big stage, which I guess a lot of us never thought would actually happen yeah. in that form, yeah. I kind of yeah. like you know Guys who are jizzing over like Balor and people like that, and Naka keeping his gimmick now—it's like this is how we felt for RVD back in the day. Yeah. Um, was he slow? He was sloppy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but at least he gate like a girl punk. Anyway, uh, the key of him is, is it, when he maybe got into the grind of having matches, TV matches every week, and you fall, everyone falls into that mm. routine of repetitiveness and yeah. doing their acts, and he kind of fell into that and it's hard to say he was did you say lazy or something coasted through yeah dude mm. was, high. That's, <laughs> high <coasting>. right. <laughs> was high there's a difference between being high and coasting alright Kevin Nash coasts Roddan was high there's a difference
3: I can see I could see why someone wouldn't be into someone like RVD if they were particularly into a, a more uh, different type of brand of wrestling that is uh, completely the counter of who he is and also if they were more into the uh the more character based that they were probably used to from uh, the Attitude Era to which RVD's character as he would say himself was pretty much limited to cool and whatever. But I just find it interesting that he's he's kind of having a go at RVD about him coasting on the ECW run without him actually having viewed the ECW run to actually see why he was kind of able to coast on it. Most
0: wrestling fans didn't see yeah. that though. That's the thing.
3: The thing is, and and, and, and luckily I, I at the time and I'm so glad I did, I actually... In 2001, before he turned up, I actually did kind of like like research, like to watch the old ECW tapes to find out who the who the hell is this guy. Yeah, I mean, I was the same with you guys, like just just hoping it was going to be the RVD act. And I remember just fucking blowing a load when he would hit the band uh, Van uh, Daminator on Jeff Hardy, and I was yeah. like, thank God, thank fucking God. And I was just, I just remember watching that invasion show, just absolutely clenched, just thinking like, just just fucking win. Just win. I don't care how. Just fucking win. Like, I, like <laughs> as if that really matters. But it's just like. But well, it does. Well, it does, yeah, it does, like, like I guess Say, But, you know, and. Yeah, the whole thing, like, oh, he just keeps doing the same thing. That's like the same with every bloody wrestler, for Christ's sake. It's called, like, you know, their moveset. has got their move Damm, set. Though,
0: with Van Dam, it got particularly noticeable in, like, 2004 time. And he did, was just doing I, the same. Actually, I remember at some point, we yeah. said the same thing. He's like, goddamn, it's the same fucking rolling thunder and yeah. springboard back here.
2: I think that's the thing with Van Damme, why it stands out more as well. Though, because, because you're used to doing him such different things mm-hmm. to everyone else mm-hmm. when he's doing his own shtick his own it's the same shit it's like
0: oh He's the same. Mm, it's, the whole yeah. point of Van Damme's easy yeah. moves is that you're always something different that you never yeah. see anyone else do, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's in the formula like everybody yeah. else. Uh, I will just say very briefly before we transition to the next one because it was mentioned before. Matt Pat 11 on f 4 b says, "I thought for a guy who was generally a very good worker, just about every single one of CM Punk's signature moves looked terrible to the point that a man with some kind of self-awareness would have stopped doing them. The GTS was more often than not a knee to the belly or elbow. His elbow drop was hysterically bad, and the various springboards looked spastic. And to this day, I have no idea what the anaconda vice was supposed to be." Doing so, yeah. My against the grain opinion is that CM Punk's offense was awful, not against the grain of this oaken table. <laughs> oh, yeah, what was his name? I'm, I'm,
2: I'm Tupac. I'm calling Tupac. <laughs> Amen, Tupac.
0: Yeah,
1: when Zack Ryder can do a better top rope elbow drop than you, it's time to stop doing it.
3: <laughs> Kicks, punches, elbows, elbow drop, go to sleep everything else about him was, was solid enough but like it's it's a it's a hideous weakness that I can completely understand that uh, that people like Kieran just, just has trouble sleeping <laughs> a
0: night over don't worry I'm sure he'll tap out Mickey with that Anaconda device coming up soon <laughs> <laughs> Supreme BVE on Pro Wrestling Only says I loved Disco Inferno <laughs> sure it was a goofy comedy gimmick but I loved how seriously he took his role and all the subtle things he added to the character the fact that he wasn't a complete job is what made it work he was actually good enough to compete at the TV US Championship level, but he was so busy dancing like an idiot that he'd make a stupid mistake and lose. The cruiserweight title match at Bash of the Beach Night 6 is pretty much the story of Disco's career. Malenko is a wrestling machine who is super serious about systematically taking Disco apart, but Disco is game and puts up a good fight. Disco would occasionally hit a big move, but instead of covering Dean, he'd stop to fix his hair or do a stupid dance. Uh, it was basically worked like Disco and Malenko were equals except that Dean took his craft seriously and Disco didn't and a Slicky Tricky Damon on TPWW also says Disco Inferno was massively underrated and deserved a run in WWE so some Disco love here which kind of mm. you know lightens my heart a little bit because I like Disco as well kind of like, one of those guilty pleasures perhaps but I quite like Disco you know it's like this is the little yeah. <laughs> around the room. The song was good. No, the, the song, song's song great. You, I remember mean, you marked out for the Village People's elbow when he did it, the show that you went to.
2: Was that was show? Was that was that WCW? WWA. That's when he had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he brought out the disco duck. Yeah. Oh, live commentary to the house. That yes. was, yeah. Yeah, was something different. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> I'm sure it was.
0: Mm-hmm. How against the grain is disco? Look, I actually I, like. I said I quite liked him. I quite like the. Uh, I remember like that your are when he would lose the Craig Pittman. Did you want to be, he quit before we got put. In the code red armbar because if, well, if he did he would not be able to dance. There you go. I think yeah. You know, matches
2: with Craig Pittman. <laughs> Whatever. Fine.
0: Sergeant Craig Pittman.
2: Sorry. Uh, nowhere higher than that on the card. I don't want him working in title match with Dino Machino.
0: Well, that's a cruiserweight title. I don't know. care.
2: He's too <laughs> fat for a cruiserweight. know he? he's huge. It's better than
1: the television title, as I keep saying to you <laughs> <people. laughs> Um. There, there is a a role that, a a place for uh, for disco. Whilst he wasn't to my taste, I can see why some people would, would get a kick out of him. Absolutely, but yeah, the the notion of I think did he say U.S. title as, as a possibility? You, he you said
0: US, U.S. TV title
1: level. Yeah, no, no, I I, <laughs> I, I I I disagree there. I think you know he's he's Wait, got his
0: TV belt. TV belt's fine. He yeah, shit about TV he, belt. He can, you know that, he can he
1: can end up in the same place as Duggan found the TV belt for all I care. Hey, yeah. this
0: is this is harsh. I don't like this taking all Carl get another one here. Tommy on the UK fan Fanform says, uh, Samoa Joe. I was reading loads about Joe in Power Slam and on the net and it was all saying how amazing he was, how real he was. The hype was higher than RVD on an indie show. Uh, I switched on TWC one day to an ROH show and there he is, bitch tits slapping his belly mincing around in a tight shell necklace and those short shorts. I remembered them as baby blue with a shit white leaf type pattern. I laughed so hard it's untrue. Then I watched more when he was in TNA and he was good but it's all too similar every time out. He went through the same stuff every time I'd seen him and it just couldn't fulfill the hype. To say anything against Joe back then was swimming upstream. I've learned to love this silly sod, but I still think he was massively overhyped. It spoiled him for me, as I just couldn't enjoy his work with the whole world bigging him up to such a stupid degree, and in some corners with a very blinkered opinion of him. And at Elliot on Pro Wrestling Only says, I haven't watched absolutely everything from his acclaimed 4 to 6 run, but Samoa Joe is someone who doesn't resonate with me on any level. I admit he's in some really great matches from that time period, but I'm just not into it. I see him as a great tool and I admit that he's been in some great matches. I get why people would like him and I'm not at the point where I just can't watch his matches but man I'm not far from it so a bit of a criticism for, for Joe here he's doing some fantastic promo work in NXT I should add oh, but um, right. but yeah so uh, first impressions of Joe I couldn't see this because I, I don't put myself time and place again over this kind of era because I remember a lot of sloppy Joe references from people <laughs> who, who got the, you know, the first impression when you tell them to watch Joe and they see him and they just like at that point, that the preconceived notions of what a wrestler were hadn't shifted yet, and it was still a lot of this fat guy kind of attitude. Was it solely on the looks? A lot, a lot I'm of it, a lot sure of it was it the look
1: Yeah, I think a lot of, st- a lot of. St- I'm not saying this is the case with, with the email, but a lot of stigma, I tend to find or criticism I heard from people who didn't like Joe was because of just how he how he looked as opposed to what he did. The old Vince, the sort of typical Vince argument Chris. He's fat. <laughs> Don't like him because he's fat difference does that make like like you say limit the the perception hadn't really changed in in many respects it's only really changed in the last couple of years in truth i think i think on the sort of a on a wider scale if you like i took to joe instantly i must admit you know there there was sort of a a legitimacy to him i I can't think of any matches that i watched and and didn't enjoy and when it comes to sort of the sloppy joe chance the first time i ever heard that was from czw fans yeah so yeah yeah. I, the yeah so when that's your source it's, you know i'm immediately going to dismiss it i don't remember there being hearing too much about
3: anything i think most of the time i think it was about aj i kept hearing about and just kind of being pleasantly surprised by uh by samoa joe i mean the same with uh with Carl. you know i kind of like instantly kind of you know got hooked on him i think i think it's like as soon as i saw him do like a powerbomb then, during the middle of the transition, looks at the cow, sticks his tongue out and says it's over and smoothly transitions into an STF. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome right here. This, I'm watching this guy again. You know, it's just like that kind of smoothness uh, or, or, and the execution of the moves they had that I just thought like, yeah, this this, this guy's great. I can understand. Like, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that he turns around and says he didn't like him from the moment he saw him in, in, in Ring of Honor. Uh, because Ring of Honor I think was one of the best periods he had because obviously he was showcasing in the way he needed to be I would understand it more if he turned around and said uh, I, I, I heard a lot about Samoa Joe and then when I turned TNA on in 2010 or something like that, you know, that time <laughs> yeah, period Yeah, the cock on his face Yeah, he had the cock on his face and he said this is this fucking guy's shit and he's fucking like just hanging out all over the place I could like probably turn around and go I understand that The Ring of Honor, he was fantastic there like, the only time he's actually probably been anywhere close to that is actually, as you said, more recently where his work has just been uh, fantastic. Uh,
2: early TNA, they they did a good job with him. Yeah. Before that, I was thinking before that though was was he still ROH when he was having the punk matches, yeah. the, the hour draws, which yes. is like getting five star reigns and stuff. And so I think if that's your introduction through like a Power Slam or something or whatever your medium may be, then you know that's setting you up as high expectations. Like this is a five star perfect match, and then okay, this fat guy walks out, <laughs> and uh, and then comes Joe behind Punk. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, nah for me Joe you know, he's just legitimate badass fucking awesome I've always liked him I think can't remember Yeah, more. no you're, you're on board with him real I, fast thanks though Liam has to remind me of these as a reminder
0: of your own opinion yes uh,
2: that's why I can change him so quickly <laughs> I never said that ok if he came along now in NXT obviously he's ex to <laughs> you know what I mean if he was new, like, yeah, yeah 10 years ago joke I mean, he would be the shit yeah people um, would go crazy for him yeah. Um, yeah so I can't agree with this one
0: Rude1 on here to, uh, I'm sure will uh, be, be good for you to listen to here Carl Michael3165 on the UK fan go. forum says I really disliked Stone Cold Steve Austin in his run in 98 and 99 this is actually one for you too, G. I know. And was constantly wishing that Vince would one up the Texas Rattlesnake. I've always been one for the rules and respecting authority. <laughs> so for me to have a guy that ran roughshot over the boss in the biggest feud of 98 made me feel nauseated. I was, however, thoroughly impressed with Austin's heel run uh, in 2001 and the subsequent work he did in the invasion angle. I really enjoyed the invasion angle too. And I know a lot of people really thought they missed the boat on that one. Heyman on TPWW says I was also a huge fan of Austin's heel turn and heel run and would have kept Austin heel until Mania 18 doing the job to a babyface angle. Uh, most people felt that converting Austin back into a face after Survivor Series was good for business due to Austin's failure as a heel up to that point, but I would argue that the WWE had reached a point of no return. Even if you would turned Austin back into a face, he wouldn't be as big as he once was, along with the fact that heel Austin would have been a far more credible heel threat than Jericho in terms of a meaningful job at Mania. Lockjaw on TPW said, also says, I did not enjoy Austin as a face. I enjoyed him in his feud with Bret Hart and then kind of adopted Bret's hatred for him. Uh, he wasn't a role model or anyone to look up to, and I was disgusted by him being the face of the company. Thought it was cool when he was a bad guy versus Brett, but as the good guy, no way. I started to enjoy him again after he turned heel and had his antics with Vincent Angle, then promptly did not enjoy him once again when he turned face again. And Harmonic Generator on the UK fanform says, I know it goes against the grain of the Oaken table and all who sit at her, but the only Stone Call I ever liked was during his heel run. I can't dispute his importance, his star power, or anything like that. SCG's timeline shows make it even clearer how huge and definitive Austin was. I just don't like him. Uh, it might be because I started watching properly again in 2000 so I never saw his rise up the card, or the stuff he did at his height at the time. But whenever I saw matches, segments or anything else involving classic face Austin, he just came across as a horrible bullying twat to me. He took everything way too far, and I just wasn't into the character in the slightest. Vince was thoroughly justified in everything he did in my view. Uh, <laughs> Austin kind of ruined 2000 for me too, I loved almost everything about the 2000 roster from top to bottom, and then Austin comes back in September and actually utter twat again, ruining in on matches left, right and centre for no reason as far as I was concerned. Plus, he tried. To to murder Triple H to Survivor Series and I've still not let that go 2001 and the heel turn came but as someone with no attachment to the Austin everyone else loved I found him to be an absolute riot so much more entertaining in every single thing he did and I actually started enjoying his matches Rock, Spike, Benoit, Angle then he turned face again and that was that sadly back to being a bully and stunning women for no reason no thanks and uh, Pat Dooley on the Facebook page wraps this one up and says I loathe Steve Austin he was fire when he started that shtick and then he did it again and again and again for the next 20 fucking years Yes, we get it, you like beer. You like operating motor vehicles. Sometimes, at the same time, probably ought to go to jail for that. But whatever, you're the babyface for some reason. You like to beat people up too, including women? That's edgy and different. As long as you don't go home and do Oh, you do! <laughs> No worries, you're still the babyface, for some reason. You've got a problem with authority. Yeah man, my bosses annoy me sometimes too. You know what I do? I get past it, I do my job. Was he making you do anything illegal? I mean that you weren't doing anyway, like breaking his restraining orders when you went to start beating the hell out of him just because? No, just stuff you don't want to do. Tough shit, it's called having a job. But whatever, keep having tantrums, you're still the babyface, for some reason. And when he finally turns heel, how heelish does he get? Well he works really hard to try and make people, including his boss, like him he sings for them he brings them food One asshole <laughs> so uh, that's, the, uh, that's the that's the judgment on Steve Austin heal Steve Austin such, and face Steve Austin such moral
1: indignation from the listeners there I, I didn't, re- <laughs> didn't realise our fan base had just an authoritarian streak to them uh, well yeah let's, let's go through a few of these things I, I may miss some during Wait, my uh, we have as, to as a, the strong mist- moral fibre I mean, As the, a good thing as the red mist descends um, a few things <laughs> his, his wife was Deborah. I don't feel I need to say any more on that one Come on. Um, uh, one of the emailers mentioned how he didn't like Austin when he was a face bullying people but then l- liked him bullying women when he was a, a heel so it talked it talked about his, he loved his stuff with Spike and Tajiri then he turns face and bull- bullies women I sort of thought he was a bit all over the shop with his criticism there um, <laughs> let's see who else can I upset now I just—I don't understand what, what. Another one of the emailers there, uh, may, may have been one I've already referenced. I forget. When uh, when Pat says he was fine when he started doing his shtick, then he did it again and again and again. By that logic, I'm assuming that Pat Dooley hated every top star that there's ever been in the business. Is that not a—is that not a fair point to make? Because Hogan did the same shtick again and again and again. Ric Flair did it. Dusty Rhodes did it. I dare say, a lot of those people probably preferred The Rock, and that's where a lot of this animus comes from. <laughs> Here and we let's, go. And, let's, and let's face it...
0: But don't you think, though, an interesting thing there, the balance of the people... A lot of the people said there, it was the, the fans that came in in 2000 didn't see Austin's first run. I thought that was interesting. They they came in during The Rock's period, and then they look at mm. Austin in retrospect and think, well, this guy, I don't know how you can look at The Rock, but he was a complete dick as a base well, that's, 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 that's
1: That's my point. Sort of the hallmarks of, of Austin as the anti-hero... Rock was a dick to everyone as well as the babyface. I'm curious to see if we get any criticisms of The Rock on that basis. I'm guessing possibly not, or possibly not from the same people. Rock was a bully. He did the same shtick. How many times did you hear Rudy Pooh? Who in the blue hell? (laughs) The millions and millions. doesn't
2: matter how many times you heard it, Carl.
1: (laughs) 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 So I I think a lot of this animosity it Just comes from the fact that they were probably all rock fans and always thought rock should have been the guy, and are always just deep down really upset because everybody knows Austin was the man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this, uh, this just beautiful. To I, just, I was just waiting for that because I, I didn't, I didn't know about the other two, um, the first two uh, uh, people who wrote in, but I knew of oh, a oh, Pat. So I read that one and I, and I freaking liked it. Because I, it just made me laugh if, if, if there was a look award for best uh, uh, insight uh, this podcast it was that one I, I just enjoyed that because pretty much everything that he said I I agreed at the time it's, it's how I felt and I, I, th- I think he hit the nail on the head Liam with this uh, I think it was with those guys as well because I, I, I fitted in that boat it's, it's people who came along after Austin's initial babyface run that are looking at it with a different set of eyes because if it, uh, because I, I came in like, in like 99 and so uh, by that point this, the the austin character because up until then everything i'd seen beforehand was from the golden era so baby faces were just kind of obviously baby faces with the exception of hogan and <laughs> and and, and, and then heels were obviously heels and then whilst rock was being a heel he was doing all the things that that um, that Carl uh, was mentioning austin was also being a heel but was getting cheered and so watching that and not being there to adjust to the changes in wrestling it was very jarring it did come across like I don't get why someone who if you met this guy in real life you'd fucking hate him because he'd beat you up at any moment if you tried to help him he would beat you up I just didn't get it and I think like if, if I'd say the first the first time I ever saw Austin if it was Austin versus Brett Survivor Series I'd, I'd have been fucking sucking his dick I'd have thought he had been like, <laughs> like like the greatest thing ever he would have been the greatest fucking heel awesome all time but because he came in I, when I saw him as a babyface and he wasn't what the babyface I was expecting to see it was very jarring I feel like I'm a part of that group of people that missed the initial Austin run and so because of that it was a very jarring experience while Rock was a little bit more kind of like well you saw you saw the, the him developing I mean all the stuff later on I mean we've, we've talked about the 2001 Austin it's fucking shit Anyway, yeah. well, this, well, again, well, this well, is the no, part, But, but, is what, the what, I, but
1: what I will say there, in, de- in defence of a few of the emails, there are, whilst it wasn't good for business, no, and <laughs> and I wholeheartedly would have endorsed them going with the out that they prevent, presented themselves initially with the invasion angle,
2: nope,
1: <laughs> which they then didn't use. There are parts of, of here, Austin, that I got a kick out of. Maybe not necessarily for good business <laughs> well, reasons. Let's,
0: let's, just, let's, just, let's just bring some context to this. So I opened the door to this house to you today, Carl. You were standing there with your hands on your hips, pulling the Austin pose from the backstage promo when, uh, with the, uh, the Invasion team. He gets the speech from Vince and Austin out nowhere, puts his hands on his hips and looks out to the distance like some kind of great leader. And you're there mimicking it all these years later. Heel, heel Austin, heel Angle, heel Vince. Some of the best comedy stuff in wrestling history not sure if it's really the best for the top heel but you know
1: uh, most certainly not (laughs) absolutely not but uh, there are parts of it I enjoyed Yeah. and I will just say this if he was leading me I'd have followed the light brigade as well
2: (laughs) Steve Austin was a genius god of his (laughs) business Um, I too was a huge rock fan Um, there's there's space in my life for both of these guys it's in your heart. My heart's full with
0: Sean, <laughs> but yeah. oh, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> no. Seriously. Oh yes! Oh beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful! Thank oh, the Lord! Can't wait this for is that. This to be hilarious. Be another
2: cup of coffee. Like this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, Yeah, he was wildly entertained as a heel, but he needs to be a face. Um, I, I get obviously been around Chase too much. Uh, um, we know where this comes from that guys who didn't get the get the inception the germination of the Austin uh, seed didn't have that connection maybe but he was fucking awesome again uh, we also mentioned that he's heel worker in ring I we mentioned the match before with uh, oh Angle, so yeah. Angle fucking love that performance both guys great, both,
0: great match with Benoit on Smackdown he had during yeah, that, that again, same time
2: miscast but you know he was just a fucking beast as a heel he's fantastic I will say take issue though with this he was uh, He's a face but he's a heel. Nah man. That's the time. Yeah man. Mm-hmm. Me me and Brian Pillman both said it. And you'll you'll attest to this, Liam. But he was always
0: a face. Yeah, babyface kid. Yeah. Yeah, babyface kid. Yep. A baby face yep. Kid. Uh, moving on to a couple of quick fire ones here. Tabe or I think it's Tabe on a Pro Wrestling Only says Tully Blanchard was the most complete wrestler in the four horsemen, much more varied style in the ring than Ric Flair, more varied promo guy than Flair and could work with anyone. Is a bit of a So, negat- so,
3: so essentially saying that he, he, thought, he thinks Tully's better than Rick. He
0: thought Tully was a better all rounder than Rick Flair. Interesting little take there. I'm not so sure that I could uh, well, all round present him,
2: uh, acting, carry himself like the man, like the star. Okay, you can't really say because he wasn't in that position. Yes, yeah, t-
0: Hypothetical. Um, Tully was fucking, he, he, he was great. He but, had the great suits too, he had the great, yeah. he had Baby Doll, good father. But, part but of the did it, does it work yeah. for him
2: being in a supplementary, like the younger mm-hmm. Flair role kind of thing? It's almost. Mm-hmm. That element of kind of seediness because he's kind of shooting ahead of his station. He's like, he's like, um, what's his name, Charlie Sheen in uh Wall Street. Like, he's the, compared to Michael Douglas's yeah. big, proper honcho, yeah, good. compared to Gordon Gecko, he's you know, like a douchebag too, but he's like, doesn't really, he's not grown into the douchebag role yet. The yeah. Flair is, uh,
1: yeah.
2: Rick was able to, to elevate all those
3: points to uh, to a world class kind of. Uh, look, he, he, he was different. I, I, I love Tully. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want to like turn around, and, like sound like I don't love Tully. Um, uh, w- watching all this stuff back, and, and, and I always like lo- love the bit in the uh, the Four Horsemen documentary where it just talks about, and it's got like the music playing. Oh, he talks uh, about, oh yeah, that yeah, everybody loves yeah, money, everybody actually. loves money, <laughs> and just shows him like there with like fucking baby doll on the staircase and stuff, and he's just thinking this is fucking gold. This is absolutely gold. He is brilliant. I could easily get behind him as a world champion, but the problem was was that Ric Flair was there. And I think that was that was an issue with probably a lot of like like heels at the time. It's like if Rick Flair's around, you're hitting his shadows nat- naturally because this Flair was the fucking Flair casts business. A big shadow. Flair's a fucking the Flair's the fucking business <laughs> at the end of the day. And I think I think if Flair wasn't around, I thought I think Tully could have been. I would have been right behind him. Like the only thing that might have held him back is if the the stigma of him being a, like a shorter a guy. A little bit shorter. A little yeah. bit shorter than than the average wrestler but but i fucking loved him but just nah he's not as good as rick it's like there's a reason why rick is rick, <laughs> is rick
0: and why he was the leader it's tough though because <laughs> i love me some tully <laughs>
1: I, I do love tully one thing I, I would say is um i'm not so sure his height would have handicapped him that much in you know in jim crockett it you know it wasn't it the wasn't land. that much well, and yeah and it was it was it's not the land of the giants that that up north was so i don't i don't know if that would have hampered him too much I'm I'm all for a bit a bit of Tully learning, Everyone around the table loves, loves Tully Blanchard. Um, I can sort of see the strand of an argument in the sense of there are people, most notably someone like Bret Hart, who didn't take to Flair's style of a wrestling match. And and if and if you don't necessarily take to Flair's style in ring, I can see why you may gravitate a little more towards someone like Tully. Because I think it. You know, it, it, it is a bit different, but uh, as as you've already said around the table, Flair casts such a big shadow over everything. You know, it, it, his personality is so large. You know, the only person who could really live with him on that scale at the at the time in in that company was Dusty. Dusty. It was Dusty the Booker? Mm-hmm. Uh, Booker. The Booker, <laughs> <laughs> the Booker. <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> of the words. Ironically <laughs> enough, within the, the context of that group, a U.S. champ all day long. But uh, but no, I couldn't I couldn't put him above
0: Flair. The thing is he's one of those guys you watch in isolation and you think, you know what, if you could just teleport him into today he's like, God, this guy's great. I guess there's an argument here, and I guess the argument come here, will come here too because Michael3165 on the UK fan Fanform says, I've always held the belief that Ric Flair is one of the most overrated performers of the past 40 years. I've watched a huge number of his matches from NWA all the way through to his WWE stint, and whilst he was ahead of his time, he had the same match over and over again with little variation at all. He was a brilliant talker, uh, Flair, and, uh, but there were many who could do his moves better, and his matches were often very predictable. He was before my era of watching, but I can still sit back and live savage and steamboat of that era, so I don't believe it's that I'm a 90s fan, and that it- that's that! And uh, King Pitkos on the UK Fanform says, I don't get Rick Flair, or at least the best ever stuff. The first I ever saw of him was when he turned up in the WWF in 91. And really, from that moment he's been presented as an old man with a glorious past. I'm on board with him as a wacky old man, but I don't understand the love for his 80s run. It was before my time, and most wrestling before my time does leave me cold. The notion of Flair as a super work rate man, extraordinaire, extraordinary, legit wrestler, just doesn't click with me. Uh, he was as much a routine guy as Cena and Hogan is this even really all that right against the grain because again I a, 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 a a dread to make a comparison between Rob Van Dam and Ric Flair but in terms of that polarising thing you're either on one side of the fence or the other on the repetitive nature of Flair
1: yeah I, it's probably not as against the grain in the sense of that one contrarian opinion there's hallmarks of, of the argument made there that go back to the Austin one in the sense of he, he referenced himself I started watching Flair during his WWF run at the same token, he mentions that anything that that was before his time leaves him feeling cold. Now, I dare say you don't, you wouldn't cast yourself no, in that light. So. The thing is, when it comes to this argument of of repetitiveness in in matches, I think people tend to forget that it was like that for almost every top star. I mean, there, there were references there to someone like a Savage, who maybe varied it a little bit. But when you go through you know, the, the guys from the eighties and most of the nineties when you go through their matches, the repertoires are the same and if you if you if you like it that's great and if you if you're ne- not necessarily fussed about it maybe the personality of that person pulls you along for the ride more and it's only i'd say it's, it's only really in the last few years where you've seen these sort of Variations in, in in the in the top matches, if that
0: makes sense. Yeah I'm with you. Well, this is it's an interesting thing because part of the debate for me, and it goes back to the whole when people try to level this again, because Brett uses this argument against Flair because you do not like him. Yeah, which which
1: is a a complete horseshit argument in the way you look at Brett and Brett's well, comeback.
0: But this is the thing uh, to me; it's the difference between using the same moves in a comeback and using the same spots. It makes all the sense in the world for a guy to master from a kayfabe perspective a few certain things that he does better than everybody else. But when the spot in the match where the other guy's, and he goes upside down every time and he always goes up and gets thrown off, that's the repetition to me is when the other guy's doing the same things to him. It's like, okay, so Ric Flair, why does Ric Flair keep getting thrown off? Why does Ric Flair keep going upside down? It's like, Ric Flair just can't catch a break. Why does he keep going to the top rope? Why does he run down the apron when it's always going to end in doom? You know, why does he keep falling on his face like that? Yeah, that's the, that's the argument. It's not so much the, uh, the trademark moves argument. I don't think it's the same thing. Well, yeah, there's a reason why. Because they're re- they're recreating the
3: act that got them over, that got them to the top, and that the people pay money to see. That's what they're going to do. And and I can say, I absolutely see your point with Ric Flair. I was someone who, who I didn't hate Flair, but I I didn't see much in him at first. And it's only over the years, as as you kind of get more knowledgeable about things and you, and you, and, you, and you learn a little bit more and you watch more wrestling and you and you see different varies that you just see, just how good he is. And I think. All the whole, you know, you talk about like him going up to the top rope all the time and it never working out and so on. I I I just see that as just a kind of just a result of who Ric Flair was in the eighties, in just being a travelling world champion that goes to uh goes to different states, different towns and performs the same act over and over again because that town hadn't seen that act yet or if they had, they've only seen it on like syndicated tv so like that act was always fresh no matter where he went so this is a guy who for like 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 15 years it, it was a successful run so why would he change it He's he's a man of routine exactly. He's a man of routine. So just a homage to just how great he was and what that act was. You know, you relive in that moment as if you were in a new
2: territory watching it for the first time. That's the Ric mm. Flair act. Yeah, but now you're looking at it through as a nostalgia act rather than imagine it if you're watching it at the time. So, see what period are we talking about. We're we talking.
0: Territory days, or we're talking. He well again. The, to, to the criticism there is mostly just again post ninety one, where he had the you know, if okay, you so had seen legacy, yeah. the legacy. Yeah, if you hadn't if you hadn't seen the legacy, you're looking at national exposure national exposure flare from the WWF. What are you getting out of flare? Yeah, that can't. That's the argument, I suppose. I just
2: think in terms of um, repetition, the problem, and this is to tied back to Van Damme It's the contrived nature of it. When Van Dam's, you know, it's just we are going through the motions. It's not a real fight. I know it's not real hop, you, know yeah. you know what I'm saying It's There's no effort to make it There's no point. effort It's just okay I'm going to get my spots in It's not constructing a, um, a a worked simulation of a fight Where okay Flair gets his spots in But I think Context to his individual matches he Did them There's a lot more authenticity to it Okay yeah it unfolds that way But I, I do see the argument I'd be interested to someone Who maybe lived through The mid 80s I don't know who would have had exposure to the different territories he worked in. Mm-hmm. as um, they happen. At the time, not retrospectively but how he was perceived at the time. Probably not because probably word of mouth, so you only saw him when he came to your territory on your TV, so then it was so that backs up Chase's point. Um, I just think in terms of repetition, like the Brett thing, Brett, when he does his four moves of doom um, it, it's authentic because Brett works into the psychology of the match and Brett's so great at selling his fight, Face fighting from underneath, whatever so yeah, there is an element of the flip and okay, the face when you're when you, it's your defensive moves, but nah, it's a tough one. It's too hard to criticize. I just think contact is nah, too good. Look, yeah, at the end of the day,
0: as much as we want to break down the micro, look at the macro. Of, look at Ric Flair. Yeah. Look how great he is. But, but the <laughs> it's f- a simple approach. But, to take but but that's the grain that we're yeah, talking. But the about.
2: flip side is, and we're talking in, in timelines. Uh, ninety eight. He's what is he? Forty one? like that? He's older than that is he, older oh, in, 98 he Oh, by ninety eight. Oh no, he's, he was forty. He was forty in nineteen eighty nine. Was he 89? Was he? Yeah, okay. So, the point being is that, yeah, he's perceived as old, he's still doing the same routine, and it's only, you know, what do we go, 10 years after that, he becomes, yeah. he becomes a legend? Yeah, and becomes the biggest rain draw in WCW, exactly. by the way. So, it's like time periods, effects, and context affects everyone's opinion. It's fucking Ric Flair, so. <laughs>
0: Jingus <laughs> on Pro Wrestling Only says, Intergender wrestling is just fine, we should have more of it. Women should contend for every title. Is it seriously less credible for, uh, for Awesome Kong to be a World Heavyweight Champion than Rey Mysterio Jr. or some other tiny little fellas who've held those belts? Intergender wrestling, this is something that uh, Lucha Underground's bringing in, trying to make uh, a lot more popular. I'm not a fan.
2: Nah, no, stupid idea.
1: Charlie was just the shit wasn't she? You know, those, those goddamn forearms were hideous. <laughs> so, so hideous shit forearms and a ddt and that's about it oh and the world's worst pedigree <laughs> um yeah i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a big fan uh, people can sort of accuse me of being chauvinistic accuse me of being you know stuck in my ways there there is something about watching e- even in a worked environment this idea of a, of a man and a woman fighting just doesn't just doesn't sit well with me yeah it just it there's a sense of uncomfortable there's an uncomfortable
2: nature to it I would never call you so chauvinistic, uh, Carl. But that's because I appreciate you live through the suffragettes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> to see you breaking glass, and sitting it's on that
3: gag—it's <laughs> hilarious. What's 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 their what's their motivation for for doing? These intergender matches—is it—is it because the—is it—is it just that notion of equality and so on, or is it like they're generally trying to find a new spectacle for people it's to different. watch? Uh,
2: it's Lucha Underground. It's in, it's in their own fucking little universe. I think it's okay. Mm. Lucha Underground. Yeah. That's because there's only a couple. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh wow, these these women. I guess maybe they haven't got enough women for a whole division. Yeah. But it, it, well, it is different. Yeah. You got a couple, but it's also yeah. very limiting in terms of booking. Yeah. If it was just one doing it, like the reverse Kaufman kind of Kaufman kind of yeah. thing, yeah. yeah, that could be pretty cool. The one girl who the dudes don't want to, f- not like. China but this, the chick, the dudes don't want to fight because mm. you don't want to hit a girl so maybe the technical so technical wrestling are you know arm ringers and some bullshit yeah. and then she's yeah. fucking taking the low road and doing whatever then there's some there's yeah. kind of legs there I'm not sure how yeah. how, how long legs yeah. but it's, 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 you can do like something with one person mm. um but as a staple I think it's very limiting yeah. and it's pretty much limited to tags I think a lot yeah. in luchador Underground a lot mm. having it as a staple or like a division or whatever I
3: think there's 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 pitfalls for it but I, I don't know if if it, if it was on I would watch it out of an intrigue factor um, I mean it, it, I said it all depends on the
0: female I'm not I don't like the intergender stuff at all I absolutely hate it it's one of those things where I can just first of all you watch it and it's just like but yeah, we all know what wrestling is but you just watch it and it's like is, is it just me you watch it and you just like this just completely strips away any like i just just don't care i don't care who wins because it's just like it's one of those things where okay well this is clearly just one of those exhibitions of look at look at the woman wrestling the man and i don't give a fuck about the outcome really
1: And, and when it comes to wrestling we yes we we all know what it is but you you want that element of realism you want that sense of a you know a sporting event there's the notion of a of you know the portrayal of a legitimate sort of fight which is why I think people don't necessarily gravitate to stars such as Van Damme for example because it sort of takes the disconnect there's a, there is a disconnect there and I think with with the intergender matches you, you get the sense of using the sporting context you're not you're not going to see it in the UFC you're not going to see it in Boxing, you know, in, in
0: combat sports. Look how China did, did against the uh, Joe Butafuco. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Well, that shouldn't have been allowed. But, no. But, but as a as a general rule of thumb, you don't see it in other quote unquote combat sports. So, I, you know, I don't want to see it in in wrestling. So sort of, it does take me out of the element. It does take me out of that sense of escapism.
2: First of all, it's the Prince <laughs> <laughs> Um, um The one except you can say context, but. Rhonda Rice he had never lost okay she's 10-0 with all first round victories nine by arm bar, whatever that continued for a couple of years you fucking know a fight against another a fight against a 145 pound man okay we can't know but forget can't know. <laughs> but actually that would be fucking sick but a fight against like the equivalent featherweight dude would do fucking huge business
0: people oh, would love that fight but it would also if it was legitimate raise a bunch of questions about is, is this is this right of course, it would, but at the same time, there's an no argument it's to add
2: that because if you're the same weight, you train professionals.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's Men are in many ways a different species, have a different muscular build, and have all these other different. Same weight? Testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I yeah, can I can have to <laughs> yeah, you're talking about UFC <laughs> women here, dude. Okay, Okay.
2: No, yeah. you'd you be you questions, but. You, do you don't think that would draw fucking huge? Oh, money course oh,
0: oh, a one-off it? intrigue freak show. It, it, that's the thing. That's why I don't like it in, in wrestling. Wrestling doesn't do it that way. Wrestling is what they make context, it part of the of the everyday. Yeah, fantasy. I agree with that. When you got sexy star wrestling like fucking Brian Cage or, or shit like that, it's like this just looks complete. Like, this is I ridiculous.
2: agree. With, no, I agree with that. Obviously, never rule anything. Out. You can do anything if it's in the right context.
0: Is,
3: is this actually the way that it's leaning is that like I know Lucha Underground are doing it with these intergenders do you think this is something i will actually develop more in time because no. absolutely than, not you don't think so <laughs> no because, because the only reason why I,
2: I ask this is because just interrupt sorry very sorry I like to, uh, especially you but <laughs> 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 um, was it the fucking mixed tag on Raw this week uh, Jericho was it Jericho Jericho there wasn't a hot tag he no, uh, just, just had to get in the ring yeah, just, yeah, had to, just yeah, roll out the ring it was stupid oh, psychology yeah um, it, at the
3: moment obviously they're concentrating on, on and elevating women's wrestling I'm just wondering if like down the line this is going to be like where I it turns no. into because if, no. if, if it sticks, bound by the sports route which I agree with you Carl I think it should do where it, women and men is, is separate divisions
1: but I'm, I'm not suggesting that the WWF portrays their product in the sporting context I'm talking about why it doesn't sit well with me in the way in which I choose to view wrestling and want to view wrestling Yeah. now what I will say just quickly to, that, to your point of whether or not we'll see more of it no, because USA, as a parent company of NBC and Universal, would throw a shit fit if WWF started doing that on a regular basis. And I'd venture a guess that if Lucha Underground was on a even moderately large network, that they wouldn't be doing it either. Or they would certainly have backers within that network who would want to put the kibosh on it.
2: If China could actually work, like, was a really good worker, like, okay, say Benoit level... Le- hear me out, hypothetical. I know it's hy- Same work right now. <laughs> exactly. Very <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Very stiff. Um-,
0: <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, okay, so she could work. If she was a stellar worker, no one would give a shit, because she looked like a dude. No one would give a shit then if she was a woman. She can go. It would have been a great gimmick then. It's just the fact that she fucking sucked. Mm. No one wants to see that shit.
0: Seem to transition to this one now, SJ5522 on the UK fanforms has gotta be a company for me, Lucha Underground. I have weird tastes and largely ignore all these super sleek and amazing long drama series in favour of UK garage sets and 3 hour raw, so a quirky wrestling format pretty much isn't for me. Some of the stories I've seen have intrigued, the talent looks fantastic, if majorly polished by the production, and I think the look of the arena is great. For a standalone show like Ultima Lucha it can be an enjoyable watch, but these shiny, cinema style segments I can really do without, they take me out of the moment. I was watching Pro Wrestling a minute ago. Now it's blokes in gimp masks redoing Sin City. Uh, and there's a story here I should presumably be following to get full enjoyment because Sin City was so full of substance. I think I hated that film and now I'm just skeptical of Robert Rodriguez but I'd like to take in the good and bad equally in wrestling. It's not the experience watching live WWE and following that is. It's not easy to take in like a couple of hours of ROH or a few hours of New Japan. You know, New Japan being that company that broadcasts in Japanese and is still perfectly easy to follow. TNA you can just tune into twice a year and not feel like you need to catch catcher. So Lucha Underground is pretty much the one major wrestling company I basically ignore but I've heard it's the future and we'll all be pissing ourselves at the stars we used to enjoy soon enough. Can't wait. So not a fan of Lucha Underground. I,
1: I don't share his sentiments on Sin City at all. I love I love Sin City. But I, I agree with him on Lucha Underground. I just do not get it. Which probably doesn't surprise anyone on, on, on the way in which I've described how I like to, the prism in which I like to view my wrestling. That doesn't come as a shock, I, I imagine. But yeah, I, I don't get it. All this horseshit all these horseshit segments. just Rest in peace, Conan. Just drive me up the fucking wall. <laughs> Mill <laughs> Mertis, the man of a thousand deaths where it is fucking cold. Gimp Mask guys who were trios champs, if I recall, at one point. You've already got the intergender stuff that I've already mentioned I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I just... I. It's one of those, you talk about things that you find Im- embarrassing if someone walked in and watched, uh, so you're watching as a non-wrestling fan. That backstage stuff... Is embarrassing. I find it humiliating, Really <laughs> <Yeah, I do. laughs> humiliating. Yeah. When
0: Katrina teleports, teleports,
1: licks someone's face for some reason. Right. There's thunder and lightning. In the useless cops. I think one of those is Joey Ryan. Yeah. he have the penis plex, the penis test
0: of strength. Not a fan. Kieran is the. Uh, you've watched a lot of Lucha Underground.
2: I like it. I like when a wrestling promotion. Company promotion however you want to phrase it crates their own insular world on the product they 're presenting obviously for WWE this is a lot harder because they're mainstream. My problem with a lot of in it is it's just fucking it's faceless flips and bullshit and give it give it take it or leave it, and you can forget about it a month in a month 's time um, I like that Lucha underground crate have got a unique environment which is idiosyncratic to them, kind of in a way to similar to like, more, I think it's more like the old Japan stuff from mid-90s I like, but the Japanese, you know, you're watching, like watching a Japanese film, it's like you can, you can let a lot slide because it's in kind of a different setting, different environment. stuff can be authentic to their environment if it's presented right and at least Leech Underground are consistent in presenting you know, this is what we are, it's completely fucking different, you're not, a lot of people aren't going to like it, a lot of the stuff is stuff I wouldn't normally like, um and yeah, in terms of the, the the production of the backstage stuff, yeah, it's not something, I, I particularly if I had, if I was running a company, how would I present it? That's not something I'd do. But it's it's different within its the context of its own of its own universe. I, I fully understand why other people
3: wouldn't. Just that little mini tirade uh oh, tira's probably strong word that, that Carl just kinda of mentioned there he's describing some of the things, actually kinda of sold it to me. <laughs> I was like kinda of thinking, well okay, that sounds quite interesting to watch just to see how it comes across, whether it's good or bad.
1: Yeah, a car wreck's interesting when you see it from the side of the road. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I admire the fact that they're at least trying something different and they're doing something which hasn't been done in years, which is trying to find an alternative identity and a different audience and well, since it's awesome by the way that's
1: <laughs> that, that, that that's all true to a point I, I'm, I'm not sure I completely appreciate the, the TNA analogy in the sense of it suggests that TNA is a failure and Lucha Underground is some sort of raging success which let's be frank and you look at the cold hard numbers it is not <laughs> um, <laughs> when I watch Lucha Underground and I see the shit they try and pull. And I, I appreciate the, the the way in which Kieran <laughs> the, the, way which, you to pull? the way in which Kieran is described is is, is absolutely right. They, they are sort of very insular. It's it's their own universal thing. I I appreciate all that. But I watch it and you know what it reminds me of? What's that? Hogan Warrior and the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. That's the sort of bullshit it reminds me of.
0: <laughs> More of that than the timeline show we're coming up to you next. Yeah, I, I, I I'm glad you interrupted me there, because I was gonna
2: go into that this is part of I hate that shit normally like the, the Undertaker <laughs> fucking lightning <laughs> I was, I was gonna, that was the comparison I going to draw yeah it is totally it's, I fucking hate that stuff but and but the, the way it's first of all it's got the Mexican background to it so you've got like a, there's a, like it's presented as like a edge to wrestling kind of thing and the, these revered you know stars who they somehow they chuck tapping into some kind of previous Aztec fucking heritage and stuff and so within that context it's like yeah it's a different element to that but it's like it's cool it's different it's like I think they get away with it and I hate stuff like that Normal, normally I, and I understand why Carl's looking more pain than normal over here <laughs> it's like he's rheumatoid arthritis he's flowering up or something
1: I forgot my hemorrhoid cream uh, oh that's disgusting um,
2: <laughs> the way the backstage segments are filmed it's not it's almost like a dreamlike state it's not presented as reality it's um, that's why I can. That's why I can give it a pass. It's not like fuck me, The Undertaker. He might be be Jesus or something because he can do magic tricks. Oh, <coughs> fucking hell! <laughs> it's not like that. That's why I let. That's why I give it a pass.
0: Paul it on the, on the Facebook page says Bob Backlund should have had a longer title run in 94 his crazy old man that made him the most interesting heel on the roster These all turned out to be a complete disaster and having the eventual rematch between Brett and Backlund be non-title stripped it of any heat or urgency they should have had Bob spend the next several months injuring younger wrestlers before Brett won back the title and then Backlund could have played the role of evil mentor to Owen so I suppose the, uh, as, as far as against the grain I only see not against Backlund getting the push and getting the title he wanted more They were they were short on heels. (laughs) They were
1: short on heels, but the only place in which I want to see crazy Bob is interacting with the likes of Doink, and nowhere near the world title.
0: Only thing that kind of covertly works against Backlund too is that he didn't really get ex- overexposed with the nature of the short run, but he didn't really have very good chemistry with many guys on the roster. It, it, stylistically, he didn't really match up well, and they kind of figured that out right after uh, yeah after WrestleMania, the job to Bret, they pretty much pulled him from the ring. So, so I think if this actually had happened, I think this would be one of those things that people would would change in retrospect.
1: Well, prior to his, his you know snapping, <laughs> he'd he'd been a jobber anyway. Yeah you do the jobs every week so yeah no I I just I,
0: I can't get on board that crazy train uh, we'll move along here to uh, the Patriot Way on WrestlingForum.com. who says Finn Balor is unbelievably overrated. At best he is decent in the ring and has a great theme song, other than that he has no charisma, no mic skills, no gimmick, don't get me started on the BS demon gimmick, uh, and is too damn small to topple some of the foes he has. He looks ridiculous being Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Rusev or Reigns. I can deal with a smaller guy beating a bigger guy, but he has to be special. Brett, Sean, AJ, Benoit, Eddie, etc. Is this from McFlair? No. <laughs> As he's not, he belongs in the newly being stated cruiserweight division, I've made many any that believe that you should defeat Reigns, or Lesnar, or Cena, or get this, retire The Undertaker at Mania. I'm no Balor guy, but I could at least tolerate him if not for the idiocy coming out of the mouths of some of his fans, combining the lunacy they spout with his mediocrity and hence the ire. And uh, Chitown Extreme on WrestlingForum.com also says Finn Balor is nothing special. Guy looks like he weighs 140 pounds, soaking wet in boots, literally just a vanilla midget you can find in any mall. I'm not totally opposed to small guys being in the running for the heavyweight championship, but that's only if they have great character and great charisma Finn has neither. He's Bad on the mic. Uh, just because he has a cool face paint sometimes doesn't mean he has charisma. Put him in the cruiserweight or the US and IC title divisions. So some Finn Balor dislike.
1: And uh, uh, a general vibe a couple of times during this podcast of, of not necessarily dislike of smaller wrestlers, but a sense of them having a very much a, a ceiling, if you like. It's very
2: New Yorkish. I it know, is very New, very New Yorkish. man, isn't it?
1: That all being said... <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sort of loath to criticise too much because I I haven't seen you know lorry loads of the stuff he did in in New Japan in fairness but I, I think there are some some shreds of truth to what the emails have put out there from from what I've seen I've I've seen enough matches to find several of them disappointing and maybe that's because of the way he's been been pitched to me by, by other people I maybe I've expected too much in particular say nakamoro um, Nakamura I, I thought that was underwhelming to be honest and again maybe that's because I've set the bar too high in my own mind um, That the the knock on, on charisma is, is something I sort of concur with because there's almost this sense of um, and I'll, I'll mention Jeff Hardy here <laughs> <laughs> this sense of let's get some face paint on a guy and all of a sudden he exudes charisma I don't get the, the demon gimmick it all seems very contrived I don't
0: it's not got Jim Cornette in the <laughs> room <where> the specific <laughs> I don't wait I, to get to the young books later <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: we'll get to them and their super kick party um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't come across to me as very charismatic you guys have seen more of his stuff from New Japan you can possibly argue the toss on that one uh, <coughs> in much the same way that I looked at Jeff Hardy and not once did I look at him and think he was charismatic Hen- oh, you're wrong about that. Hence the <laughs> <Henster,
0: laughs> <Henster, laughs> <Henster, laughs> charismatic enigma. I, I will also and say we all do have our opinions and you're entitled to your wrong opinion.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, first of all, Jeff Hardy. He couldn't cut a promo, but he fucking pissed charisma when he fucking walks around. Oh,
1: he bobbed his head
0: around and walked
2: like he had Not the ships. bob. Not the bob. Not anything like that. Just his natural... It's natural charisma, and it's something you would know nothing about, Carl.
0: <laughs> it's like a personal man, gentlemen.
2: <laughs> Finn Barrett, stay on course. Hey, if a beer so sort taste takes the charisma of, of your soul. <laughs> Shut up, Colin, you ain't got a microphone. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going like, to yell at Clouds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Finn, though, I want to like him. I do like him, but I've been very un- underwhelmed since he's co- come to the E. I mean, give me one blow away match. It's a question. Well it wasn't rhetorical. Well that, that, that that's is the is the yeah, one I come up yeah, with for the next team. Yeah. I was gonna say that, yeah. that, that that's why I'm it's asking. So long ago, I can't
1: remember. Yeah. Maybe it was January last year. and the way Kieran sort of phrased it, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the contrarian arguments for for you guys to sort of point to be saying, No, Carl, this is why you're wrong
0: with when it comes to film and watch sort of X, Y, and Z. Well that's not coming from me. Um I'm <laughs> I'm not I've never been a big Balor fan, and it goes mm. back to hey, Gee, you can yeah, tell the world on teletry. I in when he was in New Japan, I couldn't stand Prince Devitt as a baby face. I thought he was so fucking irritating with his stupid little arms out, wings expression. Oh I fucking He's the best. To, uh, Yeah, well the, <laughs> the the music was fine. But that pose, it's like it just looks like a dick. He's, he's, I, there's something about him he just seems very plain. He's got, I didn't, a, f- he's got a fist pump now, though. Come on! Get, get in!
2: Fucking <laughs> <can> have it!
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, as, as a heel, doing the heel rock and roller stuff, he was much more tolerable, because he, he was just like a motor-mouth, asshole heel. And I thought that he was good in that role. As a babyface, I've never liked him. I've never liked I, Much in the same way, I don't like... It's not like I don't like it. It's cool way it comes out, you with know, the, the atmosphere and the music and the face paint and all that stuff. But again, it's just like, so... Why does he do it? He's just a bloke. He's an Irish bloke who talks like Jack the Lad, and then he just he dresses up in his Halloween costume and he's a demon. It's I don't yeah, I don't know. It's like, I'm not saying that it's not fun or whatever. That was, but again, it's one of those things. You mentioned the word there. You and you want to like him. I like him. But I certainly don't love him. Hmm. The, the, the
2: demon stuff as well. It's okay. The first time he did it, he's like oh that's cool. Don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter. Then he does it again. It's like, oh wow, that's the same. It still doesn't mean anything. So fucking what. <laughs> he's gonna get Kevin Owens. Is he going heel? Is he joining because uh, he comes out of Bala Club International. He does the fucking rip off ah, yeah, and that annoys the shit out of me. That's Kevin Nash, he's rolling in his grave that they're doing the two sweets on. He yeah, he does that shit and it's like there's no original answer. okay. You had a fucking NWO knock off group in New Japan I'm taking it. Uh, and no one knows which, which
0: by the way did decrease business in New Japan anyone yeah, yeah. that's paying attention yeah but
2: the people who bought t-shirts mostly haven't seen New Japan. it
0: Japan that's what I'm saying yeah <laughs> I fucking hated that like um,
2: so uh, yeah I mean I'm to like him but I've been very underwhelmed by his matches get charisma he proves that you know that not every Irishman speaks like Connor probably will be better off going here maybe he I'm calling it now I'm having a prophecy right here on the show live I'm going to fire one out yeah double turn I'm gonna it all over your faces get ready for this <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah Sefka's face Balor goes heel and it's the new club yeah
0: alright gee wrap, wrap up the Balor discussion are, are you gonna be the, uh, the voice of reason here that, that falls in line with what I guess people think is the grain praise for Balor uh,
3: yeah I kind of share a, a lot of you guys' sentiments I mean um, in terms of now uh i was I was kind of the opposite to to liam uh when it came to new japan i I did like him as a baby face but only in in the role that he was in you know so he was just a low level baby face. I was fine with that I enjoyed his matches and so on but I saw the glass ceiling on him with that character and and then as you said once he once he turned heel and became you know the the real rock and roller you know he he kind of developed a little bit more something became a little bit more free talking and and yeah okay he's, he's not freaking mick foley or austin or anything like that but he certainly developed and so i was actually genuinely looking forward to seeing him when when he arrived in nxt and but unfortunately i i share the same sentiments as kieran as it's been a little underwhelming and i feel i remember feeling underwhelmed at the uh the ladder match between him and kevin owens at, at uh, uh nxt brooklyn because uh, I was expecting a lot from that. I was, certainly, with, with Kevin Owens involved, because Owens is
2: working the next night. That's the only thing Yeah, I can think.
3: yeah, he was he was saving himself, uh, definitely. But it's just, and I and I was completely underwhelmed by his title run. I think once he does turn heel, which I I, I agree again, agree with Kieran, that's, is going to happen sooner than later. I think there will be a bit more of a movement. There there will be there be there will be a little bit more personality there. Uh, maybe try and give some uh, credence to uh, and reason for. Um, uh, Having the face paint and so, and if he's actually going to do it because he hasn't done it yet so far.
0: Exhale. In New Japan, the last his last show was a Wrestle Kingdom. That's when he first mm. came out with the paint, come out looking like a zombie kind of yeah. thing, dragging the belt to the ring. It's like yeah. you're the real rock and roller. Why are you dressed like a zombie? zombie like yeah. a fucking bat? I hated that. Again, it's one of those little things about David. I just don't. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't do it for me.
1: You mentioned about this sense of, of sort of being underwhelmed by him. I haven't seen Raw yet this week, but mm. from what I understand. There was a bit of a. The entrance looked a bit misplaced in the sense of it obviously hadn't gravitated to the rest of the arena in the same way it does with the NXT crowd. Yeah. There was a disconnect there apparently. So yeah, they, they
0: didn't do it. They didn't do the arms as much at all.
2: So fucked it up that you saw him walk out like that. 20 seconds before the, the yeah, camera scene really?
0: he he's just standing at the top yeah. of the ramp waiting for his music to kick so in he doesn't
2: go dark there's no lighting effects that he comes on and then he's there like mm. the old NXT ones it's just, he just comes out and he's just I think it's about time you get ready to strap
3: him because the cruiseway title I don't think is his destination I think these. I think there's whether, whether Vince feels this I know there's other people most certainly feel that there's a little bit more of a rocket on him I think there's they, they they aim a lot more for him so I think it's like almost like Roman Reigns it's like
2: kind of get used to it here's some booze on Raw as well for him secondly Seth made him look like a fucking midget oh man. yeah and and, was, a, and problem, absolutely yeah. smoked him on the mic and that's yeah. a <laughs> sad thing for first um, yeah, he comes out there and he's a little. He's I I do
0: see generic statements in his promo. Such yeah. and he's just
2: little. Kind of see they want to push him as like this little yeah. the little you know, the underdog baby face, I don't think that'll last long. If he's pushed in the role, they will. I think he will get a backlash because I don't think they'll give him enough to actually pay it off. That's when he'll go heel. Yeah, kind of uh, wind back a little bit. I just when you were mentioning
3: the comparison with Jeff Hardy, because you were just, you were mentioning that. Um, Jeff Hardy is actually an interesting one because he was someone for a long time where I actually had this kind of polar opposite opinion of him where everyone all seemed to like him and I didn't. During his first run I didn't. I certainly didn't see anything in him when he was in TNA. And funny enough I didn't see anything in him when he went back to TNA either. And and watching him when he returned and that entire run up until he decided he, he needed to uh, go again. Like I, I was fully on board with him. I, I suddenly saw. I'm not, not going to turn around and say he was the next Shawn Michaels. Absolutely not. But I saw something in him and go, man, this guy could be the guy. And I caught myself getting really behind him and actually being genuinely like pissed off when he when he said, "I'm going to go away for a bit, but I'll be back." and we're still fucking waiting years later and I was that like was da- still I was lost like- on
2: the way and it's I like you like, need die going yeah. to buy some cigarettes and,
3: and I'm like <laughs> and, and he thi-
2: never came <laughs> back
3: <laughs> and the thing is like he says like he's going to fucking come back whatever but like it's like and I, I'm sure I'll pop when he does come back but it's not the same guy obviously he's not going to be the same guy then he had
0: his time uh, and it's like I'm pissed off that he left because he, he was fucking on it Anybody thriller on TPWW forum says, Cohen White seriously had some incredible potential as a gimmick if they would have just let it breathe a bit and let it take a dark turn to where Cohen uh, would start claiming discrimination when things didn't go his way. I really wish that would have panned out. Cohen <laughs> <"Kirwin> White! Jesus! <laughs> I, this is against the grain. Uh, That's a troll, come when, on. When, we, when, when it first came about, though, I remember when he announced his name was Cohen White, Kieran. You thought it was like the funniest thing ever. You thought that this was great. <laughs> come, come on! <laughs> the, the idea of him claiming reverse discrimination. Against you know oh these minorities being you know considered too much yeah what about the white guy appeal against the Rooney rule and all that stuff <laughs> you do? um I really can't remember too much about
2: it but it's a hilarious name and uh, racism is funny so <laughs>
0: reverse racism is even funnier uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says this is a strange one but for me it's Power Slam magazine uh, don't get me wrong in the mid 90s it opened up a lot of people's eyes to the inside workings of the business and introduced the whole world of wrestling outside of WCW and the WWF but the editor in the magazine was one of the biggest marks in the business one of the prime examples of a bandwagon jumper you'll ever see was all over Chris Jericho's dick in 98 and hated him in 2001 the way he would write up match reports and throw in hilarious tidbits like Hogan pinned Savage with the leg drop of Doom TM or Cena hit the five moves of Doom TM and got the win with a no pressure STF in fact, it was his blatant anti cena agenda that finally put me off the magazine. It got to a point in around 2009 where it sounded like the guy actually hated wrestling. So why keep putting out a magazine about something you hate? As I said for a while, it was an eye-opener, and I could forgive all of the crap that came later if it wasn't for that total and utter irrelevant, no mark, Stately Wayne Manners column. What an absolute oh, waste oh, of a wank that guy was. He's a cunt bubble. Waste <laughs> of a wank. Waste of a wank. You know? I, know, I don't know, I yeah. Uh, think- oh um, no I'm
2: not on board of that phrase no. a waste of a wank w- would suggest he knocked one out reading Stately's uh... yeah, yeah, to, then, to then have sort and, of wanker's think, remorse think, oh, no, that really wasn't very hot No. moving
1: away from masturbation or as I'm told the women call it flicking the bean <laughs> is it really against the grain to dislike power slam because I always hated it Thought, Always? Yeah, I thought it was a terrible publication. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely awful. I didn't. There was no redeeming features to it at all. I couldn't stand most of the opinions in there. Didn't like it one iota.
0: No, never? No. Nope. Not even when you were young. Because the thing is, when I was younger, and, and this was the most inside information I would get, was PowerStyle Magazine, I loved it up until around the year 2001, I want to say when actually it kind of coincides when I started subscribing to the Observer and wow. realising how much of it was, wow. being pulled, <laughs> was being pulled from the Observer apart from the opinions of Finn Martin is the fellow who's being mentioned here as the editor okay. yeah the um,
2: like you when it was the first source of, of proper information when you didn't realise it was just plagiarised off uh, Melts um, it, was, yeah, it was good stuff I mean mainly again the news sections at the, at the front that was the main stuff I'd read which again was just Observer stuff fucking Pilfered, so um, a lot of the shit did really annoy. Me. I did like the little, the T M in brackets though. I, I actually stole that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I still. How use about it. Sergeant Slaughter with the S in brackets? Yeah,
2: that that always confused me.
0: Yeah, Sergeant Laughter, I suppose. because he's so, so. Awful.
2: I guess so, but yeah. You no, know, that that was kind of, that kind of fell short. That, yeah, that didn't make my uh, repertoire. Yeah, I was, I
3: was kind of same as you guys. I mean, I actually got like fuckloads of like the, I think the last, I, I think all the issues from like 2001 onwards something like that. Um, glory years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, glory years. Yeah, because the same as you guys, it was like the first conduit to, to kind of reading stuff about that. And to be honest, some, probably one of the reasons why I kept buying the magazine was probably due to some of the Cena hatred that was in there uh, uh, back back during those <laughs> dark. But but yeah, 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 back living during, in the echo back, back, chamber. Yeah, back during those dark years when I would uh, when I would, uh, hate John Cena. Which which I'm um, thankfully I've, I've, I've rehabbed and I'm and I'm now clean. A stately Wayne he just suck a fuck. It's just, he's just he was just awful. I, I think I think the only reason I kept uh, buying it to read it was one I had I, I really didn't have much else to read, and um, <laughs> and and also just because uh, generally I do, I do like to listen to other opinions even if they just make me laugh. It was all fucking Jody Fleisch all the
2: fucking nine, <laughs> wasn't it? Yes, Jody lots Jody. of
3: Jody Fleisch
0: Oh, and Johnny
2: look. Storm and Johnny Storm. A of Yeah, but more
0: fucking Jody Fleisch. Flash Barker. <laughs> <laughs> Dastardly Dale Newstead on TPWW says I like Sasha Banks as a worker, but I do not dig her boss gimmick and don't rate her character work minus the genuine emotion displayed in her title victory. I don't understand the character; it just feels forced. She's trying to act like this badass, but she's doing these weird dance tours and head movements. It seems like an act which it shouldn't. Uh, I feel like she's just one step away from talk to the hand. Because the fays don't understand, very lame. <laughs> and by the way, her promo on Raw does not do her any favours for this argument, Kim, for you jumping to defend your girl. <laughs> I'm glad you was Strap not. G U R L. Yes. <laughs> I feel I need to explain things with Sasha.
2: First of all, she had enough to do with that horrendous segment on, uh, at this no, Oh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, she's terrible. Yes, she did. She, I mean, she's terrible on the microphone, but don't get me wrong. it turns of the gimmick, yeah, I mean, it was a heel gimmick. It is a heel gimmick. And it is talked to the that, hand. That's totally what the gimmick is. Yeah. And then she got over because she's got that fucking adorable smile.
0: Which she kept in as a heel. Yeah.
1: It, it is a baby face smile.
2: It's an yeah. adorable smile. And she's really good. Yeah, so he, they they haven't changed the character, the gimmick, since she was the heel. full yeah. one heel. And the gimmick was a at that point. She wasn't even a heel anyway. As you said, she was smiling, clapping, crying, hugging. She yeah. was she was a face. Um, and she's been a face for fucking ages. So she's still st- stuck in that heel gimmick that doesn't fit. She probably shouldn't
0: do it, really, because but at the same time it's part of what got her over I guess it weirdly it didn't get over it didn't get oh, no, 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 over the boss I mean the fact that you know, they, they identify her as that she can get over for the gimmicks she got over for the matches but the, I think hmm. there's a perception that she's this charismatic superstar to be as as, as you know with know. this thing I, I, I do think, <laughs> I, think see it's, that way. I
2: think the trouble is they're doing what they always do is okay Okay, people like her. She's talented, so we're, she has to be. This is what you have to do to be our top. Same with Bal. Bal out there this week, putting promos like he's like he should be putting promos when he should never be putting primers in his like, Live. long life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not. But that's what they expect of guys, so that's why. Um, so, yeah, there's a disconnect then between her character. She's not doing the character. It's just like she she comes out wearing the glasses and, and the fucking. Yeah. Um, it's a garb, and that's it. Yeah. It's like gimmick, really. No, it's not it's a gimmick. The... She's like gimmick. I'm the boss. It's like, yeah, don't do that. Could it, eh? But no, so I understand where it's coming from. Um, I think she was kind of irrelevant when she started getting over having good matches. So. Um, Being
0: exposed a little bit now, though, for, for how kind yeah, of shallow the gimmick is. she probably get away sounds... from that. She
2: doesn't need it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just she's coming out and it looks kind of rinky dink. She went, those shit. Kanye glasses, I've never liked anyway.
0: It matters if she's going to promos on Raw like that every week. Fucking no. hell. But does she cut promos in context
2: of being that boss anyway? No, she doesn't. So you do not Raw,
0: it's awful she just needs me by her side <laughs> <laughs> crap will. game crap game 13 on F4W says independent wrestling fans are too worried about slick choreography in spots that wow well, fanboys but what makes money is tough guy credibility slash fake fighting and promos which indie wrestling isn't producing A mysterious rhythm on there wrestlingform.com says the gymnastic style of performing is not even close to resembling wrestling I hate all the flippy uh, jumping off the top rope shit unless it's for a finishing manoeuvre give me mat wrestling hammer and rear chin locks and arm bars I miss those days and I uh, I guess similarly speaking, but different. Embry fan on, F- on the uh, FOW board says that, the WWE main event style for the last decade plus is incredibly boring. New Japan's style is almost as bad. Relatedly, uh, the culprit for this is Johnny Ace, who's one of the most important influential people in American wrestling for the last 20 years based upon his direct and lasting influence on big match construction so uh, yeah so stylistically real big match Johnny yeah big match Johnny. <laughs> yeah so this is the uh, I, I, stylistically I can, I'm, I'm all on board with the, uh, the flippy doos, you know this doesn't in their place great but when the match is nothing but that we all sat and watched the Will Ospreay ricochet match together and we all hated it in <laughs> equal measure <laughs> for the most part yes um,
1: no I, I agree with you 100% the more sort of gymnastic elements I'll call them Yeah, they they have their, their place within reason you know certain certain moves can can work well in isolation but it's it's the way in which it has been taken to the nth degree by by some individuals and osprey ricochet is a, a prime example of that and mm-hmm. you know the email is absolutely right it's at the end of the day it, it's personalities that draw the money you know as, as much as we all love to watch brilliant wrestling and you know, there's nothing that sort of can sort of grate on me quicker than a guy who I think is terrible but is, but is pushed heavily purely because of his personality but at the end of the day who am I to argue with that because the personality draws and you see that with the likes of Hogan Hogan didn't get over because of five star classics he got over because of his larger than life personality and to an extent Flair, whilst we can talk about great matches we've all seen Flair have it's that personality that as we referenced earlier separates him from Tully Blanchard. So, you know, general agreement there with the emails.
0: Alex Haydash on the Facebook page says that would have to be Kane, isn't he? No, that would have to be William Regal for him. Ignoring the whole man's man thing entirely, because why wouldn't you? I became familiar with the Regal when he was doing his Lord Steven Shtick in WCW. His last appearance was when he put his career on the line in the attempt to win the TV title. He lost to Janitor Duggan. I never thought I'd see him again. Of course, he later popped up on an episode of Raw in late 2000 and from there went on to become a regular mid-card heel. The fact that his arrival in WWE coincides with the downturn of quality in that year is no accident. As for months later he would become subject to many awful pay-per-view matches featuring the likes of Crash Naked Midian and an unfathomable 2 minute DQ against Hardcore Holly at Survivor shitties. Uh, in those early days you can blame it on the opponent's regal was given and that's fine I get that but while I'm seeing uh, bad matches years later against the likes of akishi Jericho and RVD the excuses are harder to swallow. Oh their styles didn't mesh is one I often hear. No it's his style that doesn't mesh. It never meshes it's unmeshable. He's always onto the next rest hole or tiresome stretch and his in-ring manner is. Sl- Slow, stiff and boring to boot. It's nothing personal, obviously. I'm sure the man is as tough as nails in real life, and his obvious technical skill does have its moments. But when the matches I have seen are so dull, what else can I say? I don't like his gimmick either, it's just another heavy handed I'm not from your country stereotype that's so hilarious because he says British sounding things like toe rag and besmirch and drinks tea under the Union Jack and treats foreigners like personal slaves. I mean come on, England has given the world more than just classism. And I'm sorry, but just because Real can pull a face that looks like an unmade king size bed, it doesn't make him any more entertaining in the ring. I get that in the pantomime world of wrestling you need to inject a little silly every now and then, but when the gimmick results in such atrocities as that Duchess of Queensbury rules Match, then it's time to rethink what the hell you're doing. The only time I've seen wrestling live was when I toured America in 2001. It was a random house show in Salt Lake City just before the invasion kicked off, and it must have been mere weeks after the incident where Triple H blew his quad on Raw. Thus, the main event at this house show was rebooked to be a tag match featuring the Chris and Chris connection against Heel Austin and a replacement partner. Who did they pick? Yeah, William By God Regal. When you've got me lamenting the loss of Triple H, the Lord of Burial himself, you know there's something about William Regal that just doesn't click. Oof, harsh take.
1: Yeah, Alex, you've been a friend for many, many years, but you are completely wrong on this one. (laughs) Where do I start there? There's six guys he he listed as his examples there, and one of them he used as a positive for his argument was Rikishi. I'm sorry, but I'm not having that. (laughs) (laughs) He can back up that opinion in the same way Rikishi backed up that ass. Um... The Queensbury Rules match yeah it was hideous. I doubt it was Regal's idea though. I thought he pulled off the the shtick pretty well to be honest. You know, he he made the best of what was given. There. I love camping Regal, it I was, can't it was, lie. It was funny, it was entertaining and there's nothing wrong with drinking tea under the union, Jack. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: God save me. R- it
1: <laughs> reminds me of the good old days. Ah, uh, the days of the <laughs> damn busters. <laughs> we're to on,
0: on here. On Pro Wrestling Only says, I never really got the hate for Sean Waltman in '99 and 2001. People act like he was being pushed in main events on top, while in reality he was on the peripheral at best. Sure, he was always going to have a spot due to politics, but he was hardly pushed down people's throats like a lot of people acted like he was back then. X-Pac Heat, of course, is what one we're talking about here. With
1: well, it's something we referenced in last week's podcast, it, with X-Factor and the way that, he, he went from being incredibly over as part of the to, to cooling almost just as quickly. Uh, and it's a really strange one because you know during, during these times of sort of X Pac sucks and X Pac he was wrestling for the light heavyweight title. He wasn't be, he wasn't cutting the twenty minute promos and boring people to tears. And you know, whilst I was never his biggest fan, and I, I could never sort of quantify the the level of hate he got from certain sections of the audience, it, it did boggle my mind
0: yeah I kind of get it. I mean part of it, I guess it's because people were like oh he's so stale he's so stale and like as soon as like he turned heel in like late 99 when they reformed DX it kind of really seemed to cool him off because he was a pretty hot baby face for a while there and when he went heel and he was just kind of there as a lackey and really didn't do anything after that I think that's kind of a, it's like a bit of a resentment there because things were so quick moving back then and then I guess the idea being that Pac just kind of stayed there with the ex yeah. Pac name long after DX is dead kind of thing
1: yeah yeah it's sort of Maybe it does stick out a little bit like a sore thumb. But um maybe we could say that none of it's his fault and it's just that unfortunate association with eight and three eights.
0: <laughs> Albert, just it's bl- all Albert, Albert, Albert. Just blame Albert. Just blame Albert. Uh, we'll move along here now to uh, what might be the last one we get to today. Love Wilcox on the UK fan forum says Shawn Michaels pre-2002 is pure garbage. I cannot stand anything about him. His character, is matches and his super persona. I hate every aspect of his being quite frankly. Don't get me wrong. I sort of understand why people love him so much but for me he's the absolute worst. Power Butchie on the UK fan forum says I've never dug him much. I've been pushed even further away by WWE's self-driven narrative of him being some kind of wrestling Jesus greater than any other to enter the ring in history. To be honest, I'd probably prefer his superb stuff with <clears throat> Marty Janetti versus Rosen Summers than I'd do any of his singles WWF stuff. Actually, I'd say i rate him far more in tags than singles. I love the rockers, but him on his own has never done too much for me. I just found him solid. I don't care for him much after 2002 either. That fucking acting. Him selling a broken arm is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Second to his cringeworthy, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> we actually, we knew it when we mentioned this last week. well potential topic we all said good on pro wrestling only in particular, not to single out single form, but the Shawn Michaels hatred on there is quite uh, quite overwhelming in terms of not rating him highly and I don't know if it's like a thing where you want to be contrarian and, and people just believing you're know, stacking up such things side by side, with they don't rate Sean as high I can't get on board with this at all in terms of Shawn Michaels being just solid I, I need to hear the argument, I guess stacking up match by match by match with other people but I can't see how Sean can lose that argument
2: Shawn Michaels isn't a wrestling Jesus. He is fucking Jesus. And not fucking Jesus, as he's got <laughs> But you know what? If you wanted to, he could, because he's Shawn Michaels. Quite simply, the greatest in-ring wrestler of all times. Hit me up on Twitter, and I will personally, personally give you my unedited, unfiltered opinion. Just trying to rile my blood pressure, and get me angry, and take me out of my comfort zone, because you know I love Shawn Michaels. I don't love Shawn Michaels because of some homoerotic reason I love Shawn Michaels because he's fucking awesome and he's hot and he's hot <laughs> come back today and still have a match of the year at Wrestlemania with whoever probably I don't know someone shit probably even Sam Punk even Punk he would make Punk look good he'd make Punk look like he was a believable fighter stupid opinion about the greatest wrestler of all times anyone else got anything to say? <laughs>
1: and uh, and here was me thinking my Austin tirade liked eloquence
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck you you're wrong <laughs> it's basically what you've just got there we, we said this before. Jerry Von Kramer on Pro Only wrote this in once before. And I remember saying that, I think it's part of the Overrated podcast we did when we started the show all, you know, a couple of years ago. And I just I remember saying that I've got to hear this argument. I, maybe, maybe it's there somewhere on, on the board. Okay, I guess it's, again, it's the three self-driven narrative thing. It's Like, okay, no. When you put him on that pedestal when you actually look at it, is he really so much better than Quadum Sauer, blah, 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 whoever you want to compare him with? side by side I'm guessing that's it right and and they're, they're drawing you know star ratings and match preference I wonder how much of it is the fact that Sean does have a tendency to rub a certain there's a section of wrestling fans where when you're well at least for me when I was growing up there's that it's, it's the, the Brett or Sean one or one or the other you know there's, there is that split where if you like Brett's style then maybe you're kind of inclined not to like Sean's or vice versa in some cases plus the fact that Sean was you know a bit of a dick a bit of a dick
2: Bit no more dick. no more than brett
0: bit of a dick <laughs> I, and uh, i understand that argument about brett or Sh- brett versus Sean the star but and Sean again you, you got to think the era of like you know the the star of the promotion being the the hogan the warrior type and even you know brett had like a, a likable charm that was a bit more original and then Sean the pretty boy kind of you know, strip tease dancing that doesn't doesn't rub everybody the wrong on, way at least okay or oh, rub everyone the right way even let me say yeah. again but so that's enough to say the guy but is how, average but look yeah well that's the thing the hatred is fairly visceral I, I, people I, saying that yeah. he's average
2: I pre yeah, sorry Carl Carl's <laughs> brains go in here but totally get the Brett or Sean stylistic thing but you know I love Sean but I really appreciate Brett come on I mean, the amount of great matches Sean had with fucking lugs
0: Sid Sid <laughs> it's Survivor Series yeah a comment like that just immediately springs to mind like okay how can you see hell in a cell with Sean and take it. I can't see how you can say guy guy's just solid. You know what I'm saying? That's an exceptional performance. No, I think there's against um, the grain certainly here.
1: I'd agree, and um, I, I'm I'm someone who just fall into the category of sort of a, a, appreciating both Sean and Brett. I think maybe I'm, I'm a bit more balanced than in in the sense of I during that time I never really considered either of those two to be like my guy. I was I was never like I was a Brett guy or a Sean guy sort of thing. But I think there is I think there is an, an element of truth not not saying this comes from the emailers but th- there's an element of truth to the notion that Sean does rub certain individuals up the wrong way people with a bit more bass in their voice who tend to boo him <laughs> You did see signs that said things like HB Gay and... Oh, how about How about
0: the days of the HBK equals fag sign on the yeah, in 97 yeah, like with one guy holding a letter each? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, Sean probably doesn't do himself any favours there by kissing Triple H no. <laughs> to rile up that fanbase. That's again where I think a lot of the, the dislike of Sean comes from, the sense of... And the loafers. And the loafers, and let's face <laughs> it you You're right, Kieran. There are you can point to plenty of examples where Brett was just as much of a dick as Sean was, but when it comes to the wider narrative, Brett won out, didn't he? I think that's fair to say when people generally look back on it, they see Brett as the good guy yeah in in the frackers. Yeah, <laughs> right right, right, wrong, or otherwise that is that is the perception that Brett was the guy who got you know short, sharp shrift by. Hbk and by Vince, and I think because of that, again, I think that leads to some of the animosity towards Sean. Mm. Me personally, yeah, I I can't go along with the the opinion. I I think Sean was absolutely great. I, I think you know he, he had some matches with some great lugs. Oh, Kevin Nash isn't known for his fantastic matches, but Sean got a brilliant one out of him on on his way out the door.
0: Yeah,
1: and we've talked about the comeback before. To me, the argument doesn't stack up.
0: Yeah, again, uh, this this requires someone, I think, to c- call... Maybe call in the show. Power Butchie, call in the show, and we will have the debate. I'll give you my mobile, you can call me direct, and I'll talk <laughs> about this. And we'll record we? I, I think that this needs the anti-Shaw Michael's mind in the room. To it t- is such a stupid charge, it does need someone to actually believe it. Well, again, and we'll, we'll get to a, a litany of other ones in part two uh, of this topic. Against the grain, we've had so many uh, thoughts and revelations around the table here today. Barely scratched the surface with like all the feedback we've got here like I said 21 pages and there's so many good ones to get to and people keep throwing them in on the forums that I don't want to just shut it off here so we're going to do part two next week we've got a lot of things to talk about including don't worry Kieran Bret Hart is going to be called on the copy just as Sean was here I've got no problem with Bret I'm not so small minded
2: to say just because someone is is my hero's arch enemy that I automatically hate him and just one other thing about Carl you said something about in most people's eyes Bret Hart was the good guy Sean was the bad guy to paraphrase yeah I I think that's the, the general consensus and you know what the Harris brothers thought Hitler was the right guy <laughs> uh, and, and Churchill and he- Eisenhower were, were the bad guys so you know yeah. context really yeah. there
1: is there's a general rule of thumb whenever someone inserts Hitler into a conversation that that's where the conversation should probably end
0: and on that note I want to thank everybody for all the feedback they sent in because we are going to get to more of it like I said on next week's show part 2 so many things to discuss Bret Hart Roman Reigns John Cena all your favourites Marty Giannetti, <laughs> 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 tons more Luke Ed- has got his thoughts and we're going to get to those as well uh, which we're going to chime in with more of your uh, controversial against the grain contrarian takes next week hope this show's been a lot of fun for you listening it's been a lot of fun to uh, hear some of them around the table very quickly round the room without going to into too much elaboration what do you think is the most controversial take in your own mind to your own opinion personally Kieran I think we know yours but gee it's Carl's going to hate this
3: it's a stone cold one um, it's a stone cold one I found just because even though I don't hold necessarily that opinion now uh, because Stone Cold's a marvellous man. But at the time I understand fully what these people are talking about. I'm a little surprised they may be still thinking it now. Uh they haven't like realised the same as me. But yeah, I I do agree what their initial assessment was of Austin and their difficulty in, in finding him as a as a as a viable babyface. I I I was in that same position. So that for me is the the one for this podcast.
1: All right. Well first off I'll lose my phone number <laughs> <laughs> Um Secondly, yeah, it's, for me, obviously the Steve Austin one. I I don't think those people are bad people. (laughs) (laughs) I just think they're misinformed. (laughs) And I think that they are too emotional in their argument about Steve. Oh, (laughs) hang on They just That they just don't appreciate the true greatness of the man.
0: (laughs) Uh, I guess I would probably say the one that I I find the most... uh, Kind of jarring was is the one we start with actually is the Austin Tyson thing because Austin Tyson is is you don't hear much you know, some of these things like the Austin thing I, I I've heard this before the, the Sean Michaels hatred i have heard it before you know Flair you know, repetitive, <coughs> we've heard I've heard that but I was actually very surprised to hear anybody that alone the person who, who mentioned the topic be the one to say that he, the Austin Tyson thing just wasn't something that resonated.
2: I'll go with Austin Tyson too because it was just so monumental. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate that you know some you know people wouldn't like Sean for personal reasons. Um, but to not like Tyson Austin and this stuff about Austin in retrospect I can't attest to that because obviously we lived through it but anything to do with Austin nah man nah
0: <laughs> not for you not for me alright we're going to get to a lot more next week like we said so I want to thank everybody for your contributions keep them coming in on the forums and obviously the better ones are going to get through to next week's show so I want to thank everybody for listening and we will be joining you again next week for more Against the Grain Takes so for G. John Chase
3: Next week, I will be mentioning my love for the Ballfall.
0: For Kieran O'Rourke.
2: Rosen Plaza International Drive. (laughs) WrestleMania Week. Antonio Sash be there, baby.
0: And for Carl Jones. I love you, Steve. (laughs) I am Liam O'Rourke, and we are out of here. Talk to you next week.